Welcome to the EMCC UK podcast. In today's episode, we are joined by Philippa Eddy, a non-executive director here at the EMCC UK. Philippa Eddy is a senior practitioner coach and mentor with the EMCC UK, with an ILM Level 7 Diploma in Executive Coaching and Mentoring, and an MA Ed in Applied Linguistics. Philippa works for the Cabinet Office's Infrastructure and Projects Authority. She focuses on the financing of large infrastructure projects which support the delivery of public services and the decarbonisation of the economy. Prior to joining the civil service in 2013, she spent over 20 years working in the private sector in banking and professional services, most recently as a partner at Ernst & Young. Philippa is a non-executive director on three boards. Philippa has been mentoring for 25 years and coaching since the beginning of 2018. Her sector areas of expertise for coaching and mentoring are financial services, professional services, the civil service and non-executive directors. She also has a special interest in coaching neurodivergent people and in coaching research. Philippa is an internal coach in the civil service and is also building her private coaching practice. Philippa joins our host Hannah Butler to talk about the special interest group that has a focus on coaching, mentoring and supervision with neurodiversity in mind. The conversation begins by looking at the rationale behind the special interest group and why this topic is so important to coaching, mentoring and supervision practice. So hello Philippa and welcome to our EMCC UK podcast. I wonder if I can start by asking you why have you set up the special interest group that focuses on neurodiversity coaching, mentoring and supervision? And afternoon to you too, Hannah. It's lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, so this started out as a very personal story for me, as I know is often the case, actually, in this area. Um, I first became interested in neurodiversity when a family member was diagnosed with two co-occurring neurodivergent conditions a couple of years ago. Um, so at that time, I started to read up a lot about what this all meant for us as a family. Um, secondly, as an internal coach in the civil service, I have been seeing a significant increase in the number of people approaching me for coaching, saying that they are neurodivergent. So as a result of both of those things, um, I started connecting with other coaches and mentors interested in this area um, and talking about um, things. Um, discovered some people are very experienced already coaching in this field um, and mentoring in this field and others are starting to think that this is an area in which they should get more skilled um, because many people are seeing um, a significant increase in the number of clients who are disclosing um, a new divergent condition. I was very privileged to, to join the EMCC UK board 18 months ago and given the success of the special interest groups I thought that it would be a good idea um, 
given my role uh, to support the setting up of a special interest group looking at coaching, mentoring and supervision of um, people who are neurodivergent. Um, and from a supervision point of view, um, perhaps supervising coaches who are working with neurodivergent community or who themselves are neurodivergent. Thank you. Um, and yeah, and thank you for sharing that journey because I think it's an important, an important part of it. Isn't it is why we're motivated to take action. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so thank you. Um, before we go any further, if people are unfamiliar with neurodiversity, how would you describe it? Well, the first thing to say actually is that people have different views on the language to use in this area. Um, and so I would just like to say at the outset that the way I describe it uh, may not be the way that someone else describes, uh, describes it. I would um, also start by saying that we are all neurodiverse um, because neurodiversity describes the way in which everyone's brain is wired differently. Um, the term neurodiversity, though, is pretty recent. Um, roughly 1998 um, and uh, it's considered to um, probably have first been used by a lady called Judy Singer who is an Australian um, sociologist and an activist for the rights of autistic people um, and so now um, as a term neurodiversity is being used to refer to individuals with uh, neurodevelopmental conditions um, which have a significant impact on their lives. Um, we can also say that um, the various terms for the different neurodivergent identities are like a shorthand for specific cognitive styles, behaviours or experiences that commonly occur together. And I, I, will, I will list those in a minute. Um, and estimates range in terms of the number of um, neurodivergent people in the population of between 15 to 20 percent. Um, so pretty significant. Um, so typically um, uh, included within the term neurodivergence uh, would be attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, so ADHD, autism spectrum disorder. So ASD, dyslexia, dyscalculia, dyspraxia, uh, Tourette's, um, and there are also many co-occurrences of these conditions. So, including, for example, with um, OCD, so obsessive compulsive disorder, and various anxiety and depression-related conditions. Um, it's also important to say that people's experiences within each of these categories can vary widely. Um, and a, a way to think of it is a characteristic of people who are neurodivergent is the presence of a, a spiky profile. Um, so uh, what that means is that some neurodivergent people have great strengths, um, including um, attributes such as creativity, originality, determination, high amounts of energy, etc. Um, and, um, and what um, people often have in common in terms of the difficulties uh, can be around focus and concentration, 
working memory organization. So things that typically with, um, come within the term of executive functioning. Um, and and the, you know, one of the, the major issues is that these types of um, difficulties uh, can cause low self-esteem and anxiety and depression. Thank you. Um, you said that there's sort of 15 to 20% of population in that as well. Is that mm. being a figure, is that a figure on the, on the increase, do you know? Well, um, certainly we are seeing very significant increases in, or a very significant increase in the uh, diagnosis of people with ADHD, for example. Um, I think it is, it is very difficult, actually, uh, to have a consensus on what the overall level is in the you know, population as a whole. Um, uh, firstly, of all the individual con uh, conditions and, um, and um, neurodivergence as a whole. Um, so you, this is why you see a range in, in different uh, research papers and books that are written on um, neurodiversity. Um, and and so I, I certainly, from what I've read, I think things like the instance of autism, um, um, people think is relatively steady, but um, uh, there may well be people listening to this who know more about that than me and will say, no, 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 that's not right. <laughs> Have you heard about the EMCC UK Special Interest Groups? These groups cover a broad range of interests, including health, coaching psychology, education, mentoring, and much more. Maybe you would like to join one of our special interest groups, or maybe you'd like to set up a special interest group of your own. Contact info at emccuk.org, where our friendly administration team will be on hand to help. Alternatively, visit the EMCC UK website, choose events, and select special interest groups. Is being neurodivergent a disability? So legally, yes. Uh, these neurodivergent conditions that I've listed are considered disabilities under the Equality Act of 2010. Um, it's an interesting question, however, that is actually debated amongst the neurodivergent community in terms of whether um, they or people as individuals feel disabled. Um, and there's a lot of variation in people's views. Uh, there's also a lot of discussion around the concept of a social model versus a medical model of disability. So the social model of disability, what I mean by that is that it, it considers that it's the way in which society is structured which can lead to the effect of a disability. Uh, or put another way, um, it can be the context and the environment in which someone is operating and the expectations placed on them in that environment which can have a disabling effect because of their neurodivergent cognitive profile. Thank you. Um, so we're moving in now to start to think about special interest group and what is the um, neurodivergent special interest group aiming to do? So uh, we want to do quite a few things and I've got two wonderful um, co-leaders, so Helena Terrett and Rachel Westerbeek, 
and um, we're all volunteers um, and we want to increase the awareness amongst coaches and mentors and supervisors and people more generally about um, neurodiversity and neurodivergence. Um, there is still a huge amount of work to be done in this area. Um, there's little practical guidance for employers around how to support people who are neurodivergent in the workplace, for example. As much as there may be written about the, um, the importance of, of diversity, inclusion and neurodiversity, as I say, there's little actual practical guidance. Um, and we believe that supporting um, people through coaching and mentoring is very important and very much a part of, of um, how um, employees can be, can be helped. Uh, we want to um, contribute, therefore, to raising the standards of our profession. Uh, and we also want to help to raise accessibility um, of the EMCC as a professional body to people who are neurodivergent. Um, there are still a lot of people who don't want to disclose a neurodivergent condition for fear of discrimination. Um, and so we want to contribute to the discussion and to the debate. Um, and, and in fact, um, certainly uh, the discussion is increasing exponentially, which is great to see. Um, and, you know, that was really evidenced by um, the huge numbers who attended online the week-long Neurodiversity Celebration Week that took place in March. Um, which originally was started in 2018. And it's also demonstrated by the, by the fact that um, a lot of uh, well-known figures um, have declared um, their neurodiversity over the years. Yeah, thank you. I wonder if there's, um, if there's a call to action here for, for, <laughs> you know, for our members. So if there, was, if there was something that you were like looking for um, from membership in terms of you know, how they might support your group, is there anything that you'd like to say to them at this point? Well, um, I uh, was going to talk at, at the end of this about all the, the things that we're doing and the resources um, that we're putting on the website. And we'd very much like people to um, take part in um, all the events that we're putting on um, for this special interest group and to, to send through um, their ideas for what, uh, what else we can do, um, how we can contribute more, and anyone who wants to contribute, um, if it's whether they themselves are involved in setting up a business that um, it's, uh, has an emphasis, if you like, on hiring people who are neurodivergent, um, or, or anything of that kind, then we really welcome um, input from, from everybody. Lovely, thank you, Philippa. Um, so why is it important for us as a community of coaches, mentors and supervisors to think about neurodiversity? So the chances are that someone uh, that uh, you may be coaching, mentoring or supervising has a neurodivergent condition. You know, if we go back to the numbers that I was talking about in terms of, you know, 10 to 20 percent of the population, so that's whether or not they have chosen to disclose it and whether or not uh, they've received a diagnosis or they self-identify as, as neurodivergent. So it is really important um, for all of us working in this profession 
to have some understanding of how neurodivergence can ma manifest itself um, and the types of challenges that non-neurotypical people face uh, so that we can incorporate this into our work. Um, personally, I believe that anyone can coach or mentor someone who is neurodivergent. Um, so, you know, whether you're a neurodivergent coach or mentor yourself. Um, however, I do think it is very important to be as knowledgeable as you can be in order to be as effective as possible um, and at the very least to minimise the possibility of actually causing problems or doing harm. Um, so one of the things that I'm doing at the moment is um, a PhD with Oxford Brookes University. I'm looking at coaching adults with ADHD in the workplace through um, the lens of language. Um, and to be honest, this is a field, um, uh, the whole field of neurodiversity um, and then specifically ADHD that I'm looking at which is very lacking in empirical, peer-reviewed research. So I'm hoping, within my small little bit, um, that you know, as well as making a theoretical contribution to this field, that I can make a practical contribution, which can hopefully benefit generalist coaches or specialist coaches in their practice. Yeah, lovely, thank you. So what can our members who engage with the Neurodiversity Special Interest Group expect to get from it? So I think being part of a community of people who are very passionate about this area. Um, as I said at the start, my journey um, resulted from, the start of my journey resulted from um, a um, very personal issue. And I think that that is the case for um, many, if not most people, that, that I have met um, working in this field. So wherever people are in terms of how much or how little time they have um, or want to spend on this area, um, I think the fact that you know, we're going to be running regular sessions with speakers and also within, within the sessions um, give an opportunity for people to have a conversation with each other and to share experiences and knowledge and as I said before actually we you know we really welcome suggestions from people for, for other things that we can do how we can improve what we can add to the resources which are already on the website um, and um, so I think they will um, find a community of people who are very very engaged well like all our special interest groups actually uh, but you know yeah lots of like-minded people who think this is a really important area. Yeah, and I think I like that bit as well, where it feels um, collaborative, and like there's quite a lot of reciprocity in it, in the sense that you know you, it's you know you you can if you want to, you can show up and listen in, but you can also show up and contribute as well. Yeah, so exactly. you know it's yeah, yeah, lovely. Thank you. Um, what if you think that one of your clients may be neurodivergent, or if as a coach you think you are neurodivergent? What what would you suggest? What what are you recommending at this moment? Well, I think if you yourself think that you might be neurodivergent, then uh, I think it's about thinking about whether getting a diagnosis is something you want to do, whether or not you think it'd be beneficial or not. Um, it's not for everybody. 
Um, and, and if you do want to get a diagnosis, actually, then working out the, the, the right channel for you for, for getting one. Um, I think if you think your client might be, um, I think that's a more difficult question, actually. Um, because if someone hasn't declared this, um, I think you need to have built up a lot of trust with your client before you can ask that kind of question um, because of the possible risk to the relationship if you know if that kind of question is asked at the wrong time um, and I think that is a real judgment call um, for the coach or mentor um, to make actually I, I, there is not an obvious answer to that one for me yeah and I think it brings back to that um, safe practice again doesn't it yeah and recognizing that we're not in a position to diagnose no. Um, we can ask the questions um, about, you know, support that people might be accessing. Um, but like you say, you know, that, that maintaining those boundaries, knowing your own limitations and practicing safely is, is primary exactly. in, in yes. that example. Exactly. Thank you. So if I wanted to know more about this, Philippa, in what direction would you point me? Right. OK. So we are delighted... Um, that we are launching a special interest group finally on Tuesday the 13th of June at two o'clock um, and you can register for that on the EMCC website and our guest speaker for this launch event is going to be Alicia Nocon who's a neurodiversity coach herself and she's also autistic um, and she'll be speaking about her experiences. Um, the session is um, scheduled for an hour and a half so hopefully there'll be um, plenty of time as well to um, have a conversation about um, you know people's uh, experiences so you know we do have a format for for the meeting but we have built in some some uh, time for people to talk um, we will also be running a, a webinar um, which will be done one of by one of my co-leaders who I mentioned earlier so that'll be done by Helena Terrett uh, we've also got a conversation with authors um, event, which is the 3rd of July at four o'clock, I believe, uh, where the book that is going to be discussed is um, Neurodiversity at Work by Professor Amanda Kirby and Theo Smith. Um, and we have already now got uh, resources on the EMCC website, um, which we're adding to all the time. And really, again, as I said before, um, people to send in um, recommendations um, to us to the Neurodiversity SIG um, email address. Um, so we've got books, podcasts, website recommendations, etc. Um, and actually all you need to do is type neurodiversity in the search bar on the uh, EMCC UK website and it will take you to our page and you don't need to be a member to access the resources there so so there we are so I noticed Philippa in the last question you referred to Alicia as um, being autistic and um, rather than someone who has autism and I just wonder if there's there's, there's any important distinction there that needs to be made? Well, that is a really uh, excellent question, Hannah, and I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so it is my understanding that Alicia identifies as an autistic coach, and that is the phrase I believe that she uses. Um, however, some people... Uh, 
like to identify as um, I have autism. And, and so I think the important point here is that it's, it's, it's necessary and it's important and it's respectful to ask um, the person that you're talking to who's neurodivergent how it is they wish to identify. So whether it is that they describe themselves as autistic or as a person with autism, similarly with ADHD. Um, does someone have ADHD? Or are they an ADHD person? Or ADHD is sometimes an expression that's used. So um, I think it, it's it's to ask that person how they would like to be referred to. Yeah, really good question. Thank you, Hannah, for for raising that. No, thank you. Um, because I, because again, you know, I think it's an important point of practice, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and again, that idea that. Um, Checking with people about how they want to identify, yeah. um, I think, is a really, really important point of practice. So, thank you. Um, yeah. So, this. Uh, so, go over to the website, um, type neurodiversity in the search bar, and yeah. it'll bring up um, the resource pages. Yes. And also, if I'm wanting to attend any of the events, I can find the event tab. Go onto there, and I can book onto the events as well. And again, I know that you know um, they're for non-members as well as members. Um, so yeah, so thank you. That's a, that's a great signpost. Um, so finally, I want to say a huge thank you for joining us today, Philippa. It has been absolutely fascinating, um, and I totally agree that I think that our community really, really needs um, this special interest group. And particularly, I think you know, I, I know that you know as a board, we're talking more and more about inclusivity and how we support. Um, all our members and what does what do we mean when we talk about all our members and membership and 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 what does that mean at its widest at, in its widest sense so so thank you for joining us today um and i look forward to to joining you in the sig at some point thank you for listening to this podcast from the emcc uk together our aim is to promote good practice and the expectation of good practice in coaching mentoring and supervision to learn more about the EMCC UK and to find out about membership, accreditation, events, CPD opportunities and learning resources, visit emccuk.org. And remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a future episode.